very happy for our next guest of the show. He is the set jetter, Robert Patterson. You, I've spent countless hours sifting through your site. Um, and a bunch of my buddies out here uh, that also do film and things like that, they are very familiar. I think you're maybe the best film location uh, and set visit site with photography online you've been doing this for a long time too i have um and it's funny because when i go back to my catalog i used to be a little bit more um i mean i'd go to location and take some pictures and then the more i got into it i i went after every angle and i tried my best to match up every shot so so i feel like i have to go back and revisit um some places but as you know i mean if you're in la you know some places don't last very long um some of these great locations are already demolished or or been changed quite a bit. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> what's good about the um, your site, it's at uh, set-jetter.com, by the way, to check that out, is um, how many are on there and how consistent it is. A lot of, because there's, you know, there's a million um, movie location sites and things like that. A lot of them are poorly crafted blogs that have like three entries and they kind of fall off. But I, I feel like you're very, very consistent and the the range of films, it's like all over. So my first question is, have you traveled to all these places? Because geographically speaking, just from like a traveling point of view, that, that's a lot of places to go to. Absolutely. So uh, almost, I'd say 99% of what I put on there are places I actually been to. So um, unless there's kind of something really unique, um, uh, that for some reason I can't get to or doesn't exist, then I might do a Google Street View or just kind of to show uh, kind of what it used to look like. But I love to travel, and and um, so obviously a, a lot of things happen in L.A., but Vancouver, Atlanta, uh, different places on the East Coast, Texas, uh, everywhere I go, I always like, if I happen to be traveling there, I try to find all the locations I can. Philadelphia, I did a lot of uh, M. Night Shyamalan's, uh, uh, all his movies, uh, whatever I can get to. Oh yeah, and The Happening clearly is his greatest work. <laughs> um, yeah. I I love him, like Shyamalan. I have a special place in my heart for him. I grew up in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, where they filmed the movie Signs. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I remember I was 18 in high school, and I went with a buddy to the set because it was like the the exteriors of the house that they built for the film, and then they they just knocked it down when it was done. Was like five minutes from my parents, so I remember going there. And That's saying funny. we were from the Bucks County Courier Times. We were reporters. And the guy, like the security at the gate was like, oh, yeah, okay, go into the next, like, checkpoint. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we're in. We're going we're gonna to see Mel Gibson. And then we got to the next one, and it was like a real cop. And he's like, I just need to see your credentials. And I was like, oh, you know what? Where do we get those? And the cover was blown. Uh, and I think he took mercy on us and was like, you know, you can go to the station and get a press pass. And I was like, that's what we're going to do. Yep. See you later. Thanks. Bye. Um, but it was so <clears throat> exciting to see that, uh, set. So um, I've always been fascinating with film sets. Um, and your I, site is, I think the best. Well, thank you. Uh, actually my family, my dad is actually grew up in Morrisville. Um, oh, so nice. I know they shot the pharmacy scene there Yeah. Uh, from, from signs as well. So, uh, and right across from Trenton where they've shot some films as well. So, Yeah, Abernathy was the chick's name in there. That uh, What was her name? In the, in the pharmacy scene. And she needed to clear her conscience. Oh, yeah. That's a great flick. Um, but you did, you did a really good job. And that's cool that you, you do the Philadelphia um, sets as well. 
our last guest on the show was in a film that you put out this week. It was the 30th. No, it wasn't the 30th, uh, but it was the anniversary of Karate Kid. Yeah. Yeah. And we had Sean Kanan. He's been on the show a few times. He played Mike Barnes in the movie. Um, but I saw the site and I saw it was the anniversary. So I messaged him and I was like, yeah, hey, happy. It's the anniversary. And then he started sharing that. And I was like, thanks, Seth Jetter. He just did a solid here. Oh, that's um, awesome. <laughs> he didn't even realize. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden he starts like tweeting out. Um, but I have I had a bunch of questions uh, about the first of all, again, thanks for being on the show about all these uh, locations that you've been to. Um, I'm a big horror guy like yourself. I especially like Friday the 13th. Um, the whole series. Reason being, when I was 12, they it was a loophole of seeing girls naked because you could rent the. My parents would let us rent these movies. And we're like, oh yeah, it's Jason. It's fun. It's like, oh, Matthew and his friends. Another Friday the 13th. They didn't realize there was brief, soft nudity in there. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, let's just keep. Let's just get them all. And so we we got them. They ended up like loving this franchise and everything about it. And you've been to, I think. Like ninety percent of the Friday the Thirteenth locations, if if not all of them. Yeah, I haven't done too many of the East Coast. Every time uh, they they have the camp, uh, they have a, a camp Novisco. I, I usually have a conflict. Um, I I but um, but I need to do that. But uh, 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 parts of uh, part three, part four, I was able to get into the Jarvis house. Um, and the lady, I don't know if you saw those photos, but the lady time literally gave me of her house for like a couple hours. Yeah, that was my, my my question is how did you like get into some of these places? Because I know the Jarvis house, which looks pretty much unchanged, is a privately owned home. Do you just like contact these folks ahead of time, or do you like how does that how does that work? Because I'm very it curious. Kinda, of how you do it it. kind of depends. Um, so that one uh, that house used to be owned kind of by an elderly couple for for many many years, and they just wouldn't let anybody in. Every once they'd like let a video production in to shoot, shoot something. And then um, uh, somebody bought it, and she kind of took it over, and uh, and I think I just emailed her and then said, "Hey, I do this is what I do for fun. Um, uh, next time I'm in town, would it be possible to shoot some some pictures?" And I'm just literally thinking exterior pictures. And she goes, "Yeah, what time does your flight land?" She goes, "Just come on after that." And I'm like, "All right." That's and, amazing. Uh, I I pulled up, and I actually pulled around back, um, and uh, it's one of those. To me, a top ten place. It's just surreal. You know, there's places that you, I, the fourteen year old me would never believe that I'm, you know, driving up to the Jarvis cabin. So pulled around back where Mrs. Jarvis is killed, and I'm kind of knocking on the door. No one's home, and and she just got home, uh, kind of right after me, and and said, yeah, just take off your shoes while you're around the house, but otherwise, yeah, feel free to kind of shoot uh, pictures. And so she kind of literally, I was just there for it felt like a, a couple hours taking pictures of every kind of nook and cranny. And thanked her and, and kind of went on my way. And then a couple hours later, I was uh, texting my friend. I was like, oh, crap, I didn't take any pictures of myself in the house. And so I emailed her. I said, you know, I'm no big deal if you don't want me to. But can I come back and take a couple more pictures of me? And she goes, yeah, bring your friend and, and so forth. So she was super nice about it. But I've heard she's kind of shut other people out uh, from kind of doing that since that uh, time. That's because you're the set jetter. She knows I you're connected. Try. She's like, let's get you in. She's not going to let any Tom, Dick, and Harry go in there. Exactly. But Do she does. There is a small barn kind of right adjacent to it that she does, sometimes shows up on Airbnb. So if okay. people want to spend the night near the Jarvis house, they certainly can do that. 
that's pretty surreal that you got in there. That's an iconic filming location. Um, and the fact that it's relatively unchanged for the most part. Oh, yeah. Do you do you ever get so like how do you how do you plan these when you because I you look at you do the shot by shot on the website mm-hmm. and they're very accurate. Do you have like your phone with you and you're like you have a, you have it mapped out or do you just shoot like everything and then map it out later of like shot for shot? I usually I have a pretty as you can imagine Google Maps is my friend and so I try not to waste time you know so when I actually am doing locations you know I could hit up to you know sixty locations a day if if I have my map planned out right and traffic is good. Um, I used to print out screenshots um, so I could try to remember them all, and that got to be a little bit uh, exhausting. And then uh, anymore, I just put uh, upload to Google Photo Albums, and I just kind of at least bring a handful of shots so I know kind of what angles to do. But as you know, with your horror movies, um, you know every, you know, Friday the 13th, the final chapter, I'd have to bring anything. I knew every angle <laughs> of that movie. It's insane. Which one? Final chapter? The final chapter, yeah. That was the Which- first Friday the 13th I saw in the theater. And that's most likely the best one, at least in the I early. Think so. I think so. I, I've always been partial to three. That was the first one I ever saw as a kid. And I think I was 10. Uh, and that, as you know, was the first uh, Friday 13th where Jason Voorhees has the hockey mask. Yeah. So to me, that was just really cool. Um, and, that, and you have that on the site as well. You have part three. Yeah, so three, there's a location in there was actually one of my favorite finds because Vera's apartment um, mm-hmm. is in- one scene and I just I could not find it and I, I just got up one morning and said I'm gonna find this location no matter what and I knew it was probably somewhere around Santa, Santa Clarita and I was kind of literally just going down Google View streets and I saw literally one roof had a small kind of black triangle kind of over the awning and on that entire street there's only like three houses left and that's one of the houses the apartment that that house is gone actually the house was moved to a new location but um, so I was able to line everything up. So, um, it's, it's good when you can mark some of these hard to find locations kind of off your list. Cause I go down the rabbit hole quite a, uh, quite a lot looking for, um, mystery locations. Yeah. Cause just to find these, it's not an easy task. A lot of them isn't like a Google search because there's not a lot of information on it. So you really have to like piece it together and like do a little investigative, uh, research here because it's not, you know, it's not jumping out at you. They're not advertised. No. Um, the the house in three, uh, not the house, the, the store in the beginning, you, you went there and there was, uh, it, it's kind of knocked down at oh, this point. Yeah, that's all, that's all gone. There's a slight rock formation where that kind of rock stone fence uh, was. And so pieces of that are still there. And that's the only part. And I was actually able to kind of line up the, the, the rocks because I wasn't quite sure. I mean, now that you look at the pictures and you're like, yeah, that's obviously the place where the police come in and so forth. But, uh, yeah. yeah, there's there's not much left to that location. Still pretty cool though. When you so when you map these out, I know a lot of them are like Santa Clarita. Uh, a lot of them are like the outskirts of LA. What you said for a lot of these, you'll map out like sixty locations, and will they be like different films? You'll just like map it out and just canvas it. Yep, yep. Like like today, I'm doing you know Long Beach, San Pedro. You know, I'll just kind of map it out and kind of uh, try to work against traffic and kind of loop my way uh, back and forth. So because otherwise, you can spend your whole day driving. But and every once in a while, there's a location kind of, you know, far away, but it's like it's always worth it. You know, you want to make it worth it. Oh, yeah. So but you live you're so you're somewhere in central United States, right? Yeah, I'm in Omaha, Nebraska, which is I think it's about the smack middle of the, of the country. You're right there. So you do a lot of traveling for this. 
I do. Well, up until the past few months. Yeah. So right. I usually do L.A. about five times a year. Um, I was, like I said, I like to go Vancouver, you know, the Hollywood of the North uh, has a lot of a lot of the final day destinations were shot up there. Oh, yeah. A lot shot in Georgia, some East Coast. Uh, uh, I'm not a fan of Texas, but I, I end up there once a year. And so um, when you were talking about different, you know, I really do. I love my horror movies, but I say I do everything from Texas Chainsaw to Terms of Endearment. There, yeah, you do, which is amazing. You do, you do say that on the website too, uh, okay. that you love horror, but you have uh, pretty much everything on there, which is great because people that might not like horror will obviously stumble upon your site. You get a lot of traffic on this website, I imagine. I imagine it cleans up pretty nicely. I think so. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, I don't look at the stats too often, but uh, before there, there was only a handful of us, you know, probably ten years ago that that did this, and now there's more and more people, especially with uh, Instagram and and everything. But uh, uh, no, it's yeah. great. And I, I and teach, I don't. Mine is all. I don't buy. I don't have any ads. I don't have anything. I just. I do this for the fans. You know. I don't. Not here to make money or even just a little bit to pay for it. I do all this for the fans. Yeah, and you do it for the love of it, too. You can tell. There's a lot of time into it. I love the chase. Why don't you like Texas? Is it the illiteracy rate or the difficulty of reaching Oh, there's lots of reasons. (laughs) (laughs) You're amongst friends. But I always end up there at least once a year. But, you know, and they have good, you know, obviously you have to go to the Texas Chainsaw House and, um, but but I also did Miss Congeniality, you know, while I was down there and, and other places. You did RoboCop too, I think. Wasn't that oh, all yeah. in Dallas? Yeah, uh, RoboCop one was in Dallas. RoboCop two was in Houston. See, I didn't know that. Um, I didn't realize they were all shot in Texas. I knew some locations were, but like the entire film for the most part was shot down there. Yeah, and they both shot in Detroit. LA too, but but the majority was shot in Texas. That's pretty cool. Have you ever met any resistance in any of these things? Have you ever had any like overpaid security cop? It's like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you kids doing around here? Are you ever getting any any trouble? Any of this? Every, every once in a while, um, I remember I was with my friend Dominic, and we were doing the desert locations, uh, and you know they have the Four Aces uh, kind of motel set and some other places, and and there's just. Uh, th- those are places I don't go alone just because like you're in the middle of the desert who knows what uh, could happen and, Smart. and I can't remember which desert location we were at some mo- motel and and it seemed to be kind of abandoned and so we we're just kind of walking in walking through and then we just hear this voice yelling at us or whatever and oh we just gosh. kind of ran out of there I actually never saw the guy because in my mind you know he had a big shotgun so we, j- we just of course and it was this was an abandoned place well then we figured out it wasn't abandoned you know this was somebody's property you know and that's the thing rare and usually i'm pretty careful about you know like uh i i try to stay on the sidewalk or um if i really want to get up close and take a picture of the door um i kind of take pictures as i walk up to the door and so forth but every once in a while if i if i'm curious i i I do knock on the door and say i kind of ask or tell them what i'm doing just so they don't think i'm kind of a, a strange guy and sometimes there's been a lot of times people let me in so i was down in charleston uh, South Carolina uh, last year um, uh, doing a revisit for the Halloween 2018 locations. And so like I went to uh, Julian's house, the kid that's being babysat, and I said, oh, I'm just taking some pictures. And they said, come on in. They literally, these people just let me into their house and take pictures. Same with Karen Stroh, Judy Greer's house. Oh, no uh, way. Yeah. And so it's it's funny because like I don't even answer my door at my own house, let alone that... <laughs> 
strange people in and um, the, the, the community center where they shot the classroom and a couple other scenes, uh, he pulled out of his desk, the, uh, he got the, uh, the call sheet and, and part of the script they were shooting that day and just gave it to me. So, so de depends on the people, I don't know, maybe I have that kind of look about me, but yeah, I've, I've had a lot of good luck. Yeah, that's amazing. That's what you want to hear too. Um, I, it's, it's interesting when you see the locations you mentioned earlier, how, how many of them have changed dramatically but then you see some that are untouched and you know part of it is because they were in that film and they're like okay this is our claim to fame let's do this yes when, when you go to them do you, do you ever see a lot of like you know uh i know i know groundhog day did this a lot they were like bill murray's stepped here you know the town kind of like will stay in that fame forever and they'll be like yo that we the, this was filmed here look at that look at the pictures do you, do you see a lot of that when you go to some of these locations it kind of depends. Some embrace it. So I don't, uh, I don't know if you've been to the Lori Strode house um, in South Pasadena, where she sets out pumpkins for people uh, to take pictures on the stoop where Lori Strode kind of held a pumpkin waiting for Annie to pick her up. So, so uh, her name's Bianca. She's one of my favorite. She sets out candy during Halloween and she just really embraces the fans. And so that's uh, what you so want to hear. Yeah. Uh, so there's people like that. Um, and then, and there's some people that they have no idea that their house was used. And if it, sometimes it's, uh, I'm doing kind of like these D list movies that they have no idea that the shot there in you know, the 1980s or whatever it happens to be. I do remember the, the house next to the slumber party massacre house where the, the, uh, I can't remember the, uh, character's name, kind of the, the snooty girl and her sister lived. Um, and I'm taking pictures and the guy came out and asked kind of what I was doing. And I explained to him and, and he was actually super excited because his, he said his girlfriend is a huge horror fan and he had no idea that his house was used in slumber party massacre. He had no clue, yeah. which is, which is funny too, because a lot of homes that they do know, they'll try to like change it out over the years. Like the Amityville horror house, they've removed mm -hmm. the windows, um, the doc Brown's house, they'll, they'll, they'll do like a lot of shrubbery. They'll, they'll try to change it, but you know, like this, that's out there forever. And you just have to be like, yo, this is a movie house. There's always going to be people out front, like the full yeah. house, you know, uh, apartment in San Francisco. There's just always going to be people around. Yeah. It's, and and kinda... I get it. It got, it has to be annoying sometimes. I mean, if you, but you also know, if you know the Nightmare on Elm Street house, you're going to have people stopping by as long as they're not rude and hopefully not vandalizing like or do anything like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, you're from Nebraska. You, you Children of the Corn was filmed near there. Am I correct? Exactly, yeah, it was actually filmed in Iowa. So I did. Ah. I, I've I've taken a road trip up to the and, and about three or four small towns in Iowa. So I actually I did do those locations. What was that town like? Is that's actually one of my favorite horror movies, and I always thought it was a cool, idealistic small town setting where like unspeakable horror happens. So to me, it was like a perfect, you know movie scenario was that did that look like it actually does in the film like it actually town? does yeah it is actually you know it's it's one of those towns with maybe two city blocks each way and so oh, no um, way it's it's and uh, one of the towns of course has that center square with the big flag in the middle of the intersection with the big yellow kind of cement uh uh podium kind of holding it up and so it it, it is surreal, you know, when, as you're driving up, just like they do in the movie, that you're driving up and chill children of the corn. And, and you do feel, you know, these are, you know, uh, towns under a thousand people. And uh, they, they know a when a stranger pulls up. Um, but at this point, oh, I think yeah. they know 
what we're doing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's amazing to hear that too. That a lot of these towns they're actually really that small, and uh, you know, you come in from out of town, and it's like, uh oh, it's an outside. <laughs> what does he want? What are you doing here? City people. What was the most? It's going to be a tough question. What was the most like uh, surreal, coolest location you've been at that you're like, this is it. This is this is awesome. So it used to be the Jarvis cabin. Um, but two years ago, almost two years to, uh, to the day, um, I was able to spend a couple nights at the Paramore Estate. The Paramore Estate was used uh, almost for the entire film of Halloween H2O. It played Hillcrest Academy. Oh, yeah. Um, also, it was used in Scream 3. It's been used in, in tons of, of things. So um, they, I, they rented out for events. And then a couple of years ago, they just started renting out. There's the main mansion, but they also have three kind of cottages um, that are also on the, on the property. And so it was a little expensive, but I'm like, oh, I got to do this. And so they said, okay, we'll put you in the corner cottage. And I'm like, and so I'm getting all my shots together ready. And uh, about two days before I fly out, I'm kind of looking and I realized the corner cottage that I'm staying in is, was Carrie Tate's cottage on campus. No way. So I was going to be sp spending the night in uh, uh, her house, more or less. So, oh my um, gosh. It was just, it was crazy. So, you know, when she looks out the window and, and the Michael Myers the reflection. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I, that was the window in my cottage. No way. Yeah. Coincidentally. And it was, yeah. So, just by coincidence, if I would have known, I would have demanded that I had the corner cottage. So, oh yeah. But so it was surreal because, like, one, uh, there was nobody else staying in any of the other cottages. Nothing else was going on. No events. So it was pretty much me and some staff on this entire estate for two days. Two That's and a half crazy. Days. And so, uh, if you go to my website, I they might have let me do whatever I want. You know, I you know pictures of the basement where they set up the party to. Um, the cafeteria, both kitchens, uh, where they put the fake uh, dumbwaiter. Um, so every, they used pretty much every inch of that entire estate. And That's so, amazing. Yeah, I have seen that page. I have seen yeah. that archive. And um, I would look out my window at night, and that right, my view from looking out of the cottage is where uh, she had the axe, and she has that, that great long shadow, and she yells, Michael. So it, to that me, was that was most real. I would just get up at night and look out and I'm, I'm in the middle of Halloween H2O. That's amazing. It's, it's a, on a smaller scale, but it's, it's a lot like, um, Greystone mansion where it's oh, yeah. just, just a perfect filming location. Um, a lot of it's unchanged too. When you were there was a lot of fairly, I mean, I know there was a lot, a lot of set decoration, but cause it's preserved historically, a lot of it's probably fairly untouched. Yeah. So the, the and I've been and I'm I'm sure you have you been inside the Greystone yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that they keep pretty um pretty similar. The the Paramore has changed quite a bit inside. They have pretty dark and strange kind of color schemes going on. So it's not kind of the beige white that it used to be, but um you can still kind of figure out everything that uh it was. Um, and I did no, this one in cool. the pool. The Greystone's very militaristic with their uh like security and tours and stuff. You can go there pretty much any day you want and see the outside, but for like inside events and things like that, they want to know like what you're filming and what is this and you don't go over here. And it's, you feel like you're almost at like some kind of um, government, you know, facility. They're very so like, they're on it. They do open it up twice a year. 
Um, and I went to one of those times. So you can literally go through the entire mansion. Did you get to see the bowling alley? Yep, the bowling alley. Uh, my favorite was actually the um, Witches, Witches of Eastwick is one of my favorite movies. So, Oh, it's a classic. Yeah, you, I, I saw you posted that recently, the anniversary. Yeah, Jack Nicholson's bedroom is uh, in there, and the kitchen, where a lot of the finale scene takes place, is in there. It took me a long time to watch that movie again. I saw it as a kid, and it really scared me. Um, I guess the makeup and stuff, and I'm like, this isn't right. What? No. And then I watched it later. I think I was like a teenager, and I was like, no, nah, this is great. But as a kid, I was like, I wasn't feeling it. It, was, it did its job. It is, uh, yeah. Good. It is a great, classic. Great soundtrack by John Williams, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I dare to say it might be an underrated film. I feel like it deserves more props. Yeah, I think they tried to make it into a, a miniseries later, and that didn't quite... I could see that. Yeah. Um, Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, up in Vancouver, yeah. Yeah, what was that like? Because you probably could knock out a bunch up there. Yeah, so Vancouver, one, it's one of my favorite places to go. Um, it's my second favorite city, uh, probably for a lot of reasons. It has a little bit of everything, plus they just film so much. Um, and it's almost like L.A. where you can plot out your day and just hit, you know, 25 different movies uh, just based on kind of the different areas. So um, I, I just remember going to the parks and the house and and Vancouver is great because it could be any city, too. I mean, there's parts that look like San Francisco. Obviously, that's why they shot there. Um, but then you got the mountains, you got the water, you got the city, everything. No, Yeah, it's the Hollywood of uh, of Canada. They have pretty much everything you would need up there for proper uh, location. Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, Jason mostly takes Manhattan. Vancouver. When a stranger calls back. Jason uh, takes Manhattan was such a fraud. I know. <laughs> and I can say that as a fan of the franchise. I've seen them all numerous times. It was almost like the producers were like, yeah, uh, let's not do space. You know, let's go to New York. Okay. So we're going to film in New York? No. We're going to film it on a boat. <laughs> All right, so he's going to go to New York? Yeah, we're going to film in Vancouver, yeah. but we're going to show some shots of him in Times Square. We'll just do, we'll, you know what, let's send one helicopter around the city, get some footage, splice it in. Sold. I, I, it was very it was very fraudulent. It almost shouldn't even have been Take Manhattan. It, it could have just been, you know, Friday the 13th Part 8. And, yeah. you know, Big people, part. it wouldn't have gotten as much shit, I think. I think, or just a, you know, Jason on water or, you know. The, yeah, they the, should have did the cruise thing, and yeah, that would have been it. Ending up at New York would have been a fun bonus that no fan would have expected, you know, if we just knew, if you thought going in that, you know, all this is going to take place on a cruise ship of some sort or whatever. Um, and if nothing is given away that they show up in New York, it would have been a huge, it, it, you would have gone with totally different expectations and it, you would have ended on a high note. Like, I can't believe we're ending on Jason in New York. Right. Yeah. That would have, that it would have worked and it would have been like a plus. But the fact that the film is Jason takes Manhattan, he's not taking anything <laughs> in Manhattan. He's not, he's not there. Barely uh, showed I did watch that recently again to see if it holds up and it, it's everything I expected. Still um, don't get any better, so. No, I do. Oh, I always loved the '80s New York gangs. They're just <laughs> kids with headbands listening to a big boombox, and they're like, "You're dead meat, slime bag," because you know you, you, they're not cursing and stuff. Um, like they're just that. so. It's just so great to me that Jason. I love that scene where he takes the mask off, and he scares yeah. them. 
he like they for a second they give you what you want. You're like, yeah, it's yeah. Jason. Yeah. Like I do like that scene. It, um, it had moments where you you saw what they could have done, but uh, we can do a lot of a uh, Monday morning Monday morning. Uh, right. Right. Uh, you're a big uh, Nightmare on Elm Street fan. Yep. Like my Friday the Thirteenth, Jason takes Manhattan criticism. You're critis You're critical of. Uh, the best for last, which is Freddy's dead. Freddy's dead. Oh, what happened there? <laughs> you know, I just—it's probably almost the same thing. Where um, actually, yeah, because Manhattan and Freddy's dead were, I think, just a couple of years apart. Where, you know, you grow up, and, you know, you see the prime time of these films in the first, you know, uh, one to three films, and they start to deteriorate. And I just remember sitting in the theater during Freddy's dead, saying, "This is not my Nightmare on Elm Street." I just couldn't believe. No what I was watching. No, and then they try to redeem it with other films later on. Now, I do, I am a big fan of New Nightmare. Yeah, so. it's a good film. Yeah. They did redeem it. Yeah. Uh, Friday the 13th took that break and then they came out with Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, yeah. That was really cool for me because that was the first Friday the 13th I was able to like see in the theater because I was a teenager, you know, like I was like eight when Manhattan came out. So obviously I remember I was at the mall with my grandparents and I was like, Oh, that looks cool. And she's like, no, no, Matt, no, 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 that's trash. You're not, not seeing it. I'm like, Oh, I'll see it. And I did. I ended up like renting it a few years later, but I saw uh, Jason goes to hell um, on the big screen. And that was really cool for me. That was like the first one I saw in the theater. Um, yeah, that so reminds me. I, um, so when you were younger, I think I was 15, I went to Universal Studios and so forth, which th those count as, as movie locations, but but not really. But uh, in between, after my senior year, before I started college, I took this workshop out at UCLA. And I had no idea, you know, and I and we were just walking along and then, um, and also I find myself in front of Royce Hall, which is uh, from uh, Dream Warriors, where the kids are, the institute they're supposed to be in, and oh, yeah. fall, falls out. And so... And this was a year after Dream Warriors came out, so I, I just remember vividly, you know, I remember it was, it was near sunset, and, uh, you know, that's where Amanda Kruger's standing in that long hallway, and um, I took, took... That is I'm glad cool. I took pictures way back then, yeah. You took a bunch there, right, on the uh, the Universal tour? Yeah, so the... I, I was just looking through... I've been on the Universal tour many times, but um, I was actually on Universal tour in 85, so... I have a few pictures of uh, the courthouse area where a lot of it's still dressed uh, for Back to the Future, I think. The theater at the end of the street was still there. Uh, the That's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I, I look back, wishing I wish I've taken much more, many more pictures, but uh, the film was uh, at a price back then. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I have to bring this up. I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. Jurassic Park, the franchise, is like my Star Wars. You know, some people are like super into Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I love Star Wars, but you know how they're, you know, they're really yep. into the whole canon. That's my Star Wars. I, just everything. Um, I had my wedding last, two years ago in Hawaii. We did the whole tour right. thing. But you went there. I, I didn't see half the places you did there. You've been to pretty much all the filming locations in Hawaii. Not quite all. There's a couple I couldn't get into, and we went there it started raining so that kind of took away some spots but um so there's a couple on um, um on uh, oahu where you know they shot a few jurassic park and then 
uh, Kauai is where they filmed a lot more, um, and including the uh, Jurassic Falls, and that was probably the highlight of the trip. That I think they can only be accessed via helicopter, and there's only one helicopter tour that actually lands at Jurassic Falls. So of course we had to choose that one. Yeah, and you have the video of it, which I watched, and they they the playing the music, and you're going down the fall, goosebumps, right? Oh, absolutely, and. How do you and know it's that? a great helicopter tour because you know everybody has their headphones in, and he he's like literally piping in the Jurassic Park theme, oh. timed exactly like it is in the movie. So if if you're not feeling it already, um, with the music going and he circles and then you land and you all get out and and take pictures in front of the, uh, of the falls, you're, you you land not in the same area where the uh, helicopter landed because that uh, that pad is completely deteriorated and gone. So you kind of land about uh, uh, 40 yards away. But you're right there, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, so. What does that run? You, you mentioned it was a little pricey. I'm just curious. How, how much does that does that go for? I don't even remember. So it's a, I do remember that it was, it's a six-person thing, five or six, and there was four of us. I went with my sister and my parents. And, uh, uh, and, and we don't mess around when it comes to some things that we'd like to do. So we bought out the whole helicopter because we're like, we didn't want anybody else with us during this time. Yeah, right. No, that's amazing. That's a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. What, I what wish I did that. Yeah. What you don't see on that video is uh, my mother was throwing up the entire time. <laughs> oh, no. The most the sickness. Yeah. So for, for three out of four of us, it was the highlight of our trip. And for one out of four of us, it was the, it worst. Was the worst part. <laughs> no, that's sad. You you also took a tour of the location of the weakest film in the franchise, and that's Fallen Kingdom. Oh. <laughs> which I call, like, Jurassic Park meets Clue. It because is. they're on the island, and they're like, hey, we're in a mansion. Hey, let's get this done. And I'm like, what is going on here? The dinosaurs are in, like, this guy's house? Yeah. This is ridiculous. House, so um, so we, we didn't, I didn't know at the time, though, because when we visited, I think Fallen Kingdom was coming out, like, four or five weeks later. And so um, uh, we we didn't I didn't know too much what was going to be happening, but some of the the sets uh, were all there, and so I was you know just taking pictures of everything uh, that I could. But but that same field has been used in the original Jurassic Park. And yeah, the, the yeah, because you got some of the bunkers, the engine bunkers that were in there, and they were actually still around when yeah. you were there. Those are just sets. Yeah. So and that's another tour. It's worth it. There's for the if you get the VIP tour, you do. You are able to get off and take a picture with the Jurassic Park log and and those sorts of things. So um, uh, I always recommend like if you're going to make the trip to Hawaii, you're going to be doing this. Uh, so, sometimes you got to invest some money to make sure that you get the most out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. We took we took a few of the tours. I didn't see, I didn't do the helicopter one, but uh, the other ones were worth it. They were like a little pricey, but you're 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 there. It's Jurassic Park. We were on a catamaran on one of them, and I had a Jurassic Park T-shirt. Uh, and they're like, hey, they started, you know, the guy was like, this is where, you know, the opening of Jurassic Park was, everybody. And like, this guy's got a T-shirt. And it's kind, of, kind of called me out. I was like, I'm, uh, uh, all right. Hey, hey, everybody. Yeah. Um, you just got to Sometimes you can be the nerd. You just got to own up. To I was totally the nerd. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, here I am. What's up? Uh, but it was great. It was really surreal. And I, I just love the, um, the, the photos that you got of the Jurassic Park. Um, tour the uh one more question about Jurassic Park no go for it you, you took a picture and I, we'll wrap it up soon I know your time is limited but no, the I'm, it's the weekend it's a holiday weekend I'm good happy 4th of July thank you uh the raptor pen 
it oh, was okay. like some kind of like visitor center now. Yeah, yeah. So I think I don't think that visitor center was built until after. I think it was just kind of empty piece of uh, land right there. So, is there anything from the Raptor pen left, like that they use, or is it all just like was it knocked down after the set? I think it was after all the... knocked down. I think that was all a facade. But yeah, so the opening scene takes place right there, and so. And as you probably saw, I'm one of those nerds that takes pictures of the trees, you know, because the first shot that you see in Jurassic Park is actually just trees moving. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. I like when you do that, too. You show the landscapes. And for some of the older films, like Psycho, and um, I'm trying to think of the other one. I think it might have been Footloose. I don't remember. It wasn't Footloose. But you'll show where, like, pretty much everything has changed. But the ridgeline or the mountain, obviously, is not going to change. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, it looks the exact same as it did 50 years ago, which is cool. Yeah. Sometimes the, the mountain line or the skyline, that's all you have left. You're right. Yeah. Um, I just did a Terminator 2 um, since today's the anniversary for that. And yes, the scene where uh, Linda Hamilton's banging on the fence uh, with the, the L.A. skyline in the background. So that playground, I think they I don't know if that playground was ever there. You know, obviously now it's just kind of empty with, with some rocks, but. Part of it is lining up buildings to, to, to get the right spot. Yeah, I saw that this morning. It was a uh, good job with that, too. Thank you. Um, the, I think it was Cyberdyne. Was Fremont or something? Yeah, Fremont. It's a, outside of San Jose, California. And so that one was, I went at night for a couple of reasons. One, because it takes place at night. Harder to get uh, good pictures, though. But that's where they added a third floor. So in pictures, you'll see it's just like a two-floor uh Thing, but they wanted to blow up the third floor so they built on top of it is that what that was okay i was yeah. going to ask because i saw that and you can tell that's the building but like you said it, it looks a lot taller in the movie like it clearly has more floors they just built on top of that for terminator yeah. 2 absolutely yeah anymore they would never even do that they would just cgi everything but um but yeah so i tried to like you saw i i do the big i call them the tentpole movies you know back to the future Oh, yeah. that everybody's done but i also try to you know do the, the tiny ones too yeah which is great yeah you can i encourage the listeners to go to uh setjetter.com set-jetter.com and look at the 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 visits on there because yeah you have all like the tentpole flagpole movies that are great um that everybody knows but then you also get into stuff like the happening which is a huge Shyamalan fan the movie's not that bad um it's really not it's bad but it's not like it's not an abomination it's got mark Wahlberg in it like it's 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 okay but you did match it up um and the one was funny you're like uh yeah i didn't take a lot of pictures here because of the kids and i'm like good for you you know you know you're not gonna like take pictures um but i thought that i thought that was great that you did the happening because i think you're like the only site that really has happening photos on there nobody really touches that but they'll and do the did. sixth sense, but and and a couple other, but they'll they'll leave the happening in the dust for sure. Oh yeah. What what do you think's the worst film? The happening, Lady in the Water. Oh, oof. Right. I don't know. That's it's amazing with Shyamalan. He did these know. great films, yeah. and then he did a bunch of bad movies, and then he came back, um, with great films, and I read that Glass. He like put his house up for mortgage to pay for it. I'm thinking this guy's got to be worth like a billion dollars. All the movie. No, he's worth like fifty million because he made all those bombs and like yeah. people would touch him for a while. It's and you know and he, a lot of people hate the village and the village is one of my love favorites. it. 
I just... Oh, I think it's a perfect film. It's when I first saw that in the theater, I was blown away. I didn't see the plot twist coming. When I did, I was like, "This is genius. This is so, genius." Absolutely. So you live in LA. So what what locations do you like to go to, or, or what's on your list? So right where I live, I live in Tarzana, okay. which is um, it's not far from like the Seven Seas apartment building. Yeah. So it's that's maybe like a five minute drive. So around here, like within walking distance, we have a lot of the exterior locations for Cobra Kai, nice. which I love. I'm a huge Karate Kid fan. So um, like Johnny's, what's that? I went to a lot of locations last year. So what you see on my, on my actually on my website is like the tip of the iceberg. Um, I've, but yeah, I did, I did a lot of the Cobra Kai locations and I even went to the, uh, I can't remember the place where the kid exercises and he walks out he runs up the hill and so forth on the the big kind of there's a tower or something like that as well yeah yeah and you did a lot of your shots on on um karate kid and everything are great um they really match up especially the ones of course of the apartment and of uh malibu like a lot of the shots at like leo Carrillo and stuff yeah it's perfect um johnny's apartment building is like a block away that they used in cobra kai which is cool. So I pass that like every day. Uh, do you remember the movie War Games? Oh, yes. The, the arcade. arcade right by you, isn't it? Yeah, the arcade is right by me. But it's like a Persian rug store or something. It looks nothing like it. But then yeah. when, you, when you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, no, it's, that's it. And I've been driving past that for years. Um, right next to uh, Heather Langenkamp's house from New Nightmare. Yeah, that's not far at all. That's actually in Encino, I think. No, I, I don't know. I think it was Tarzana, but yeah. Maybe, yeah, no, it is Tarzana, I think. But yeah, a lot of those, you know, uh, Johnny's house and Karate Kids at Encino. There's a lot of stuff up there in the, the hills here. But ball is in Encino. Yeah, yeah, there's quite a few. So it's cool. It's cool to see that. I kind of took it for granted. I've been out here for like 10 years. Um, when I first moved out, I, I looked for a bunch of locations. But uh, it's cool to see... One of one of the reasons I like your site is I, I found a lot of places around here that I didn't know were in this film, and I was like, "Oh, that's there! Oh, no way!" And I just didn't know. Um, so you can take like little side trips and drive yeah. around. See, that, that's my dream. I, I don't know if, if I actually lived in LA. I feel like I'd be out and about every time I saw something on on Netflix or something like that. I'd, I'd immediately oh, yeah. find it, and I would just go jet out and, and go do it. Every What's once in a while, I keep a location to myself. If I found something kind of rare that nobody else has found, um, sometimes I'd book a flight pretty quickly just to get out there and do it. When's your next trip out here? Is it all COVID depending on situation? or? Yeah, this is the longest time I've not traveled. So um, I, was, I was in LA five times last year, and then I went, it was once earlier this year before COVID hit, and I'm supposed to be out there in a couple of weeks, but um, I'll just kind of, nothing that I have to be there for, but uh, uh, I'll just kind of play it by ear at this point that, I'm one, I'm one of those people that has always wiped down their entire hotel room uh, with Clorox wipes before I even set my suitcase down. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm huge OCD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and people would make fun of me. And I'm like, yeah, you're not laughing now. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not sick. I had it's kind of a nerd, a little bit of a creepy thing. But I, I always just stock up on cleaning supplies. I'm constantly cleaning. and So I had the Clorox wipes well in stock like weeks after they were gone. I still nice. had like five things. and. It was like the new cocaine or drugs, you know? It's like, you got Clorox wipes? Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, yeah. 
yeah, I got them. Don't worry about it because they just disappeared. Um, oh, yeah. But you got to be careful. It's going to yeah, be crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then, yeah. So part of it is like it's not worth, but a lot of what I'd be doing, uh, as you know, when you're doing locations, it's, I tell people, it's 80% driving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and then 20% picture taking. Um, but it, it is what it is. But uh, you, people get to see the fun part of it, uh, not knowing that sometimes uh, driving quite a bit or being stuck in LA traffic. No, I, I completely get it. A lot of people wouldn't because you look at the, the finished product. It's fun. But for a guy that lives out here, I'm like, and I see Santa Clarita and, you know, then you're in downtown and you're here. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's a lot of driving. <laughs> but the good news is if I'm making my own schedule, um, I, I can plan to go against the traffic. So um, I can say, oh, I'm going to start up here and kind of loop around and and then – Anymore, you can just change things. I'm like, oh, this is going to take too long. I'll kind of do something else. Do you have uh, locations mapped out for when you're able to move around again next? Or do you, like, how are you researching that? How yeah, are you planning so to do that? I have a big Google map uh, that I use. Um, so I, where I kind of put points on the map, you know, by location. So, um, so I can quickly, now it's a lot easier, uh, pull it up on your phone to see. Um, and I make a big list, you know, I start the day, you know, before I get up that every morning I get up, you know, at the hotel and I just kind of make, you know, my big checklist of this, then this, then this, then this to, uh, to avoid any backtracking. And then, uh, just literally kind of go off the list and, uh, cross them off as I go along. That's quite a map given the locations you got. I'm sure it's, there's a lot of dots. It is. So I've been, the, the more, I, once I put stuff into my website, I usually end up taking off my map so it doesn't get too cluttered up, but. And I also make maps for people. So, um, you know, I get emails where are saying, um, oh, we're coming to L.A. and I'd like some locations. I'm like, just tell me where you want to go and I'll make a Google map for you. So you can do it on your own and, and figure out where you want to go. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good system, actually. M much easier with the advent of <laughs> Google Maps. And I'm just, I'm just thinking 10 years ago, uh, all these tools we all kind of take for granted uh, were a lot more around, but not kind of like they are now. Oh, I wouldn't be able to do it. No, I, I, I'll do, I do sketch comedy. I have a YouTube channel. We'll, we'll do videos. I'm very poor at planning out time with locations. I'm like, hey, no, after this, we're going to drive to Griffith Park. And they're like, uh, this is going to take like three hours. And that's like another hour. I was like, yeah, we'll do it. And the next thing you know, it's like not enough time. Didn't yeah. plan it out. Very poor planning. It's funny. Sometimes I say it's faster to go from, you know, Burbank to Redlands than it is to Santa Monica. Even right, the distance is three times as long. Oh, you're preaching to the choir. I used to work in West Hollywood. The drive from the valley to West Hollywood each morning, rush hour, oh. at least an hour and 20 minutes. I have driven from Philadelphia when I used to live there to New York in less time, and that's three <laughs> states away. Uh, I've been, I, on like a late night, I could get there in like an hour, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Sometimes the trip to West Hollywood would be like an hour and a half, and I'm like, it's 12 miles. That's that's the valley bottleneck. You know what I'm talking about. That oh, yeah. All the you, canyons. You can't get through. And so I, that's like, why this I, is so unholy. Yeah. And that's why, in the, you know, I make my map that morning before because I literally try to go around saying, oh, I'm going to go over to Eagle Rock and around. And, you know, because I just I avoid the bad spots. I was at work last summer. It was kind of a slow day. I was going through your site. One of my coworkers was like, hey, can you help me with something? Are you busy? And I didn't even think about it or filter i said oh yeah no what do you need i'm just looking at filming locations of karate kid and they're like 
what really and i was like oh yeah yeah no that that's my afternoon that's what i'm doing <laughs> they checked out the site They're like oh this is awesome because it was somebody new that moved to la set them the site they were like oh this is great so there was like two employees not working that day uh, just going through the site just, it was great uh, you i'm sorry what were you gonna say no i, I was thinking back to credit because the credit had three locations i think that was like 10 years ago i, I visited those but yeah those are cool you met Sean Kanan too. Where was that? That at was oh, that, that was like a fan event? A Hollywood show, um, which I do a lot of horror movie conventions, or I did pre-COVID. Um, yeah, I just started doing some more Hollywood show um, things uh, the, the past couple of years, and I think he was at the last one. I think it was just this past spring, maybe I, I can't remember. That's cool. How were the uh, any celebrities that you met that were kind of dicks? Well. The, Maybe I shouldn't say that on there. 99% of them have been my nice. So between the horror movie locations and I went to Sundance Film Festival for 10 years in a row, I think. Pretty um, cool. So, yeah, you, you're able to, to bump into quite a few celebrities. 99% of the time, they're, they're just super nice, down to earth. Um, and uh, I would uh, I'd go with my sister a lot of times and we have it planned out. Like, you know, right after the screening, you know, you'd watch a movie and they'd say, thank you, everybody. And... And we have to be, but the rule is to be first and fast, you know, get up there at the first person, because once people realize you can start taking pictures, whatever, then everybody kind of globs on. And then eventually, you know, security says, everybody, they have to go. So uh, right. but th there's been a few that have not. Uh, uh, not been reciprocal to your kindness. Yeah, not quite been as endearing, but there's been enough that outweigh the, the most. So, so as a Halloween fan, uh, I've always wanted to meet Kyle Richards, and uh, oh yeah, we were my, my sister and my my parents. We were walking down Main Street on in Park City during the Sundance Film Festival, and I'm and, and she watches The Real Housewives. I don't, as, and I said, I wonder if the, and she says, I wonder if any of The Real Housewives will be here. And I'm like, I wish Kyle Richards would be here. And and um, a few minutes later, uh, a friend of mine just randomly was driving by, and she goes, Hey, pop in, and we're not in the car thirty seconds, and I see Kyle Richards walking down the street. How was she? Goodbye to my friend, and I was actually kind of nervous because I'm like, I don't know what she was. She was the nicest person, so just super down to earth, and and because I don't know her husband, um, I just gave this guy my camera to take my picture, and my sister was just floored that I gave Mauricio her husband. Uh, That's great. Like, That's what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I met some of the housewives. I met Vanderpump. She's. I can tell you honestly, she's dead inside. It's a. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I met her a few times. Um, She's just kind of like not there. Puts on a good show. She's a good yeah. personality on on camera. Don't get me wrong, but in in person, you're like, what? What? What's going on? What and sometimes I've been prepared for craziness, you know. And like uh, Anne Hesh, I was like, oh my gosh, mm. just to see, and super down to earth, normal. I got zero crazy vibes out of her. <laughs> Pretty good. That's what yeah. you like to see. As as a guy in LA, I've met you know obviously I've met a bunch of celebrities over the years at HBO Emmy parties and things like that. And most most people I can agree are pretty nice, very kind. But there was one, Gary Busey. He was like the biggest yeah. dick in the world. And I'm like, you fucking has been. I wasn't even harassing him. I was at a film festival and I was like, hey Gary, I'm a big fan. How you doing? Like, you know, you don't leave me alone, man. I'm gonna get mad. I was like, I'm not. All right. See you later. I wasn't like asking for a picture or anything. I was just saying yeah. like, hey, I'm a fan. Nice to meet you. He was such a dick. I don't know if I got him on a bad day or what, but I, 
I wasn't like asking for anything or shooting. I was just saying hi. I was like, geez, he was, yeah, he, he's the, he's the crazy that you expect. He was, there was nothing behind those eyes. I'm like, ah, this guy, because I think he has like brain damage. He fulfilled your expectations. He really did. I'm like, oh no, you really are. Art does imitate life. Um, I want to jump into real quick, but I want to circle back the Friday, the 13th, um, because I'm a fan and I got you on the show and I got to ask because I'm going to think about this later and I'm going to remember and I'm going to wish I asked you. Um, are you, have you covered that, that ground pretty well? Are you ever going to revisit any of them? So what I, I still need to get to the barn from part three and actually Mm -hmm. I was supposed to do that in April and that trip got canceled. Um, but, um, the the one at the movie ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and obviously that move, that ranch has been used different, different pieces of the ranch has been used, uh, for all sorts of stuff. And more recent, most recently the, um, once upon a time in, in Hollywood and so forth. So, mm-hmm. um, I was actually work, been talking to the, the, the owner to kind of get out there and just try to do a private tour if I could. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, three parts of three I have done, um, four, I haven't been up to Zaka Lake, um, where part four shot. But they shot some of the um, the lake, the Crystal Lake scenes at um, Franklin Canyon Reservoir, where they also shot Part Five, ah, and The Blob and American Horror Story 1984. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. Everything else, yeah. Yeah, I saw. That's cool. Uh, yeah, because on on your page for the Friday the Thirteenth Part Three entry, I guess you got permission to use like another site's photos for the barn. Yeah, so um, Paul over at Then and Now Locations. I try to be as complete as is possible, and that's why I say 99% are my photos, but, but I, yeah, yeah. I'm not just going to steal somebody's photos. Well, I can tell they're not yours because yours are a lot better than Then and Now. <laughs> you didn't say well, it. I did. No, Paul Paul does a great job. And no, then he I does. I've been to the site. Upping our games, you know, to, to uh, uh, you know, my, my pages get a little bit lengthy because I just literally try to find every angle and if there's something weird. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we're yeah, all... no, it's cool. He does a good job. I'm only I'm only kidding. But that barn is cool though, because it's still there, and it's where they had Jason hanging. The barn's yeah. still there, right? Yeah, the barn is still there. The house is, was, has been burned down. I think the barn has had some renovations, but uh, uh but... yeah, I know the house is gone. The um, I did see pictures. It was, I guess it was also from the then and now site. But you you shared it and gave him credit. The the dock that he's on, you know, where he gets the um, mm-hmm. he flings the arrow. Yeah, there's a few pieces of wood left. It looks like. Yeah, it's not a dock at all anymore. It's amazing because in the film, it's a completed dock. You're like, no, you could anchor a boat there, but now it's like it's just it's a few it's a few pieces of wood just coming out of the ground, and you're like, oh, like that would be amazing to see for me to see how much that has changed since Absolutely. they filmed it. Yeah, there's uh, every once in a while. Yeah, there that that's a disheartening thing, and that's why I'm like, you know what, just try to go out because you never know when stuff is going to be torn down or, or not look the same. And, and, uh, one, one of my biggest, I don't, I don't know. I think I might've known that when I went out there for silent night, deadly night, the orphanage, uh, Oh yeah. Over there. The church from across the street is, but the orphanage itself is gone. That's pretty cool. I did see you did it a couple, you did, I think every silent night film. Yeah. I end up going down. Well, I think I did part two first cause I recognized part two looked familiar to me that, so the Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 Cemetery is the same as the Halloween Cemetery, um, same as the Master oh. Cemetery. Um, actually, and it, 
uh, Alfred Hitchcock's, uh, I think, Family Plot. Masters of the Universe, classic film in Fresno, California. I... <laughs> the scene, it's just great. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I say. You're gonna gonna do it, do it all, and I think that's what's helpful. That you know, once you got get to know LA and different locations, it's a lot easier for me to find. So years ago, the um, somebody was asking me about the incredible shrinking woman houses. And everybody said, oh, was, everything was shot in Eagle Rock. That's where the grocery store was shot and, and so forth. And I just could not find those houses. No. The more I was looking at them, I said, you know, the style kind of has a Brady Bunch style to me. And uh, I started looking around Studio City. And sure enough, that's where I found uh, those houses. So That's pretty cool. I do, like, I do like your photos of Master of the Universe because it's funny. When you look at the film, they really just... They're like, all right, just throw these guys, throw these characters just in the middle of the street, and we're just going to do this. They, they're like, we're not going to build a set. We're not going to really follow the, the comics of the cartoon. We're just going to, yeah, just put them in the middle of the street. And it's always been funny to me to see those scenes where they're just walking like on Main Street, and they're in costume, and you're like, yeah, I guess you know, they did what they did. Whittier, California, so <laughs> I think there it that's is. endearing to me, because I used to wear, uh, be a movie theater usher, and I just remember that. Masters of the Universe was playing that summer, so... Oh, nice. Um, I just... I didn't see it countless times. I certainly saw the ending credits many, many times, but, you know, in between, you do your whatever, and you're just sitting around watching movies over and over again. That's great. I, I do like that film a lot. It's a classic. It is great. Evil um, Lynn. I mean, Meg Foster. She's perfect. Yeah. Actress. No, it's great. It is a good film. A buddy Bryce likes it, too. He's a big, even a bigger fan than me, but... Um, the Stand. I love The Stand. Uh, those are very hard locations to see anywhere online because they just shot everywhere and the locations weren't, most of them weren't, you know, reciprocal to what their counterpart was. They, you know, like Pittsburgh filled in for Queens. Um, but you, you have an extensive uh, page built out on the stand, miniseries, Stephen King, 1994, which is amazing yeah. because you, you, you're, I think, the only one. Yeah, I went there, it was a few years ago, that, that, that Utah trip, and I think the entire trip, I was just there two or three days. Um, so I did all the Halloween 4, Halloween 5, Halloween 6, Footloose, The Stand. Wow, Silent you covered Night a lot Night. of ground. Yeah, um, and so it all, it's a lot of research beforehand, and a lot of locations are no longer there. And sometimes it's hard for me for, let's say, Utah, I mean, it's not all Salt Lake City, and, you know, if yeah. something's in L.A., I can kind of figure out where it's at by, based on a lot of different things. If it's a state I'm not familiar with, you know, I'm like, oh, that must be, you know, Ogden, Utah. You know, it's, it's hard to find. So I can't, um, couldn't yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah. So actually, I think I pretty much got every, I, I would just say everything. I would say probably 90% of the, the Utah locations. Um, uh, I have a fan that uh, he, he emails me. He's like, what about this shot, you know, the highway? And I'm like. I can't find everything, you know. Like, I, think I do I'm see good, those but... comments, and they do make me laugh. Um, and it's good that you're engaging with fans and that they care and they're asking. But I do see, I do laugh sometimes because I see these great pages, these these sets that you visited, and you take extensive shots, and they're like great shots, and they're iconic ones, complimentary to the film. And then there's that one comment that's like, "What about the bathroom scene where he looks back?" It's like, "What about the thirty ones he just got?" <laughs> Like it's funny, but you're always very like gracious about it. You're like, oh, maybe, maybe next time or more to come. Yeah, um, I like I said, I try. If it's a movie I love, so like, and I feel bad because so Halloween the 2018 version, I've I've only posted two, 
not even two, probably one third of, of the locations I've been to, uh, just because uh, if it's a movie I love, I literally do shot by shot every every location, and uh, I haven't gotten to all that yet. But you do every a great once in a while, I get a comment. Something on my Instagram. I mean, they said, "Do you even try to to line up the shots?" Um, because these are horrible, and I'm like, I didn't think I couldn't tell if it was being facetious or <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Serious. Yeah, and I'm like. And like I think I tried to do my best, but I, I think he nailed it. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm very. I really did like the stand because you ended up getting the um, uh, disease control center that was up in Vermont, but I guess that was in in Utah somewhere. It's, it's in Utah, and it is no longer there. Ah, uh, what was that place? That just um, uh, he's he just went out to the location, and he because he was texting me, and he's like. Are these the right coordinates? And he's like, I'm like, yeah. And, and he's like, it's gone. I was like, oh, I'm like, oh no. Glad, glad I went out there um, uh, for sure. But for some of the big moves, I think for the stand, if you go towards the bottom of the page, I put a map, or like a Google map I make for people because uh, um, if I'm going to go to the work to find all these, I'm more than happy to share them. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, I see that. I didn't notice that before. The filming locations map. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, You've you've seen the stand a few times, I'd imagine. Oh, yes. What do you think? Does it hold up? It's you know, it's one of those it's the first fun, half right? and half is really strong and whatever, and then um, I don't want to diss Stephen King, but it just begins. It's because it's not all him; it's a little bit of both. It just kind of peters off as opposed to ending big. Yeah, and, I'm with you, I, and I'm a big fan. I, I enjoy the book. I love the I love the miniseries. I, I watched it when it first came out. Uh, and rented it on VHS from Blockbuster in the year since, and then, and then now it's just on YouTube. Like you, somebody just posted it, and they're like, "Fuck it, we're not even gonna flag it. Just let it go." So you can actually watch the whole thing on YouTube, which is great. Um, but but I feel the same way. I feel like it starts off strong. It's very interesting. The plague. It's a lot like Outbreak, which came out at the time. It's cool. They're showing all the different characters in classic King fashion, and then it just kind of. Is like, damn! I just walk around the desert for a while. Um, and let's hang out, <laughs> and it just gets like, it staggers for a while. But the we'll, part we'll that, the new ver- the new version that they just finished shooting. I'm very curious about that because, ironically, that's going to be the first thing, one of the first things released since the pandemic is mm-hmm. a movie about the pandemic. It's going to be CBS, um, and they they've tried to make that as a film for years. And the only way you could do that is if you did like a Lord of the Rings, like a three-part, you know, like a trilogy or – and that's it. And they would be like three hours each because there's so much source material. So I think doing another miniseries is the only way you can really do the stand. And I think that serves Stephen King well. And I'm thinking about um, – is it The Outsider on uh, HBO? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Mercedes. I don't know if you've watched any of those three seasons. Outsider, yes. Um, so Mr. Mercedes is probably one of my – favorite shows that nobody can see because it's on the AT&T network or something. Oh, uh, one of those deals? But, yeah, but they've been releasing it on DVD and actually they don't even release it on Blu-ray. It's just really strange. My, my Blu-rays uh, for those series had to come from uh, from England, I think. Um, but it's based but on you the, got it. the uh, uh, Stephen King uh, novels and it's, it's great. And that was shot down in Charleston as well. So they actually go to some of the same Halloween locations. Oh, that's cool. I gotta check that out. I'm a big fan of his catalog, and he's having a renaissance right now with Castle Rock and everything else. Oh, Castle, yeah, absolutely. They're just buying up. I mean, they're doing 
shorts that he made, like I've read all of his books, or at least like 90%. And a lot of the old ones he did, you know, like Graveyard Shift, he did these short stories that were really cool. Um, and they were quick. They're, they bought those up and they're like producing those in the like full features just because he's having such a resurgence right now. And it, it, it's a slippery slope with Stephen King. His movies are either great or they're either terrible. And he's been very critical of the adaptations. He's not critical of the money he's probably getting from them. No, but he's, okay. yeah, no, he's, he's still doing, he's still giving permission to do them, but he's then very critical. I mean, The Shining is the shining example of that. He hated, yeah. they butted heads like no other. But I feel like they're getting it right now. And they're with the technology and they're taking their time. Um, they're giving them the respect they deserve. So I have high hopes for the stand. Now, that was one of my favorite locations is the exterior for the hotel for the shining, the 1980 version. Oh, the Stanley. Uh, no, the Stanley is what it was based on. Um, the actual mm. exterior of the hotel for the 1980, the Oregon. Jack, Shelley Duvall, that's up in Oregon. Yes. You've and been so, there. Yeah. So, uh, they had a special screening of the shining, uh, one night so that that's been on my bucket list and i said well i gotta go and i, I lucked out because i was there a couple of days and i had everything from kind of snow uh you know sunny weather to snowy weather so i got all the all the good shots yeah it's amazing that you got a chance to get up there too that is the pinnacle of a horror film location um it's like that laurie strode's house yeah. the house from psycho those are like the top three. If you if you've been to, to all of them, yeah. Now I would one one of the places I would still like to get inside of. Usually I'm pretty good at just having exteriors, but would be um, actually the uh, the Wallace House, the interiors they use for the Wallace House, where uh, uh, Laurie discovers the bodies and everything. So. Oh yeah. I always um, so it's a different house than they used for the outside, but it's on the same block. It's just a couple houses down and. And uh, one day I was walking by and the front door was open and the maids were coming out and part of me just really wanted to run in there. Um, you could see the staircase where Larry falls and stuff through the doorway. Um, and you've, you've, and you've, you saw that in the flesh. Yes. Just pretty amazing. The slight open door. Cause I know the entire layout, you know, the, um, but yeah, I was just like, Oh, I want in there so bad. You know, just 10 minutes. That's all I need. It's pretty amazing. How how what was like? Were there a lot of people around you? Like how did that play out? No, that so that's off on Orange Grove, right off of Sunset Boulevard. So um, it's just I was with uh, I can't remember. If I was with my my one wingman friend who's since moved from LA, but yeah, he's usually pretty about goading me. He's like, just go ask or just do this if I'm feeling kind of slightly shy. But but sometimes you just never know. The um, I remember we went to Burt Reynolds' house that they used in Boogie Nights. And I really wanted a shot of the pool. And, you know, it's going to try to take a picture of the fence. Where's and, that? Is that Canoga Park? Um, no, that's way out in um, West Covina. Ah. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So it's a ways out there. And so I said, well, at least want a picture of the front of the house. But there's all these trees. You, and so I pulled up the long drive, drive. And there's this old guy kind of watering plants. And, and I said, I'm just taking pictures. You know, would it be okay if I took pictures of the pool? And he's like, sure, come on in. And really? we're walking through the house. And as we're walking through the house, I, 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 it dawned on me they actually used the interior of this house as well. You know, that kind of 70s look. And, um, and he's like, just pull the latch to the pool, you know, to get through the glass door. And um, so, yeah, so I don't, I don't know what it is about me, but, every, you know, people. Yeah, they open I, up I, to you. That's what you want. A trusting look, I don't know. Yeah, they trust you. They're like, all right, let them in. 
Let's I do was it. Down in, um, uh, New Orleans and I was doing locations for a couple movies, but one of them was 21 jump street. Uh, and so I was outside of the Jonah Hill house taking pictures and a guy comes out and usually I have my spiel ready. And, and it, sometimes it helps if I say I'm from Nebraska, you know, that I, I came all the way from Nebraska to, you know, take, Oh yeah, that could, that could work to your favor. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, um, so I said, Hey, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just taking pictures. And he's like, oh, that's fine. He's like, you know, they shot on the inside. I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, come on in. And they were super nice. They, it was Labor Day. I remember they, cause they said, we're having a Labor Day picnic, but if you want to stay. And they pulled it up, the scenes on the DVR where Jonah Hill's having a party with Channing Tatum inside their house. Oh, no way. Yeah. See, that's uh, cool. And, that's what you want to hear. Yeah. And, and they also probably are more receptive, too, because you're doing something fun and you're from out of town and you're like, Hey, I'm just here as like a fan to do this. And from our website where they probably get inundated with like obnoxious, like student film crews that are like, Hey, do you mind if we like film something here and check it out? And it's like, get the fuck out of here. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, but then um, you, you're doing something, you know, you're taking photos of what it is and they probably love that. Cause you're like, no, nah, you're, you're yeah. praising us. Thank you. Yeah. Those non LA places. So Charleston, I went to twice once, uh, they had just finished filming, and so there was no trailer for Halloween 2018. Uh, but there was a few behind-the-scenes shots. And so I found about six to seven different locations. And so I was just going down and just taking pictures of the entire street, because I'm like, I don't even know what's going to show up in the movie. I just know they shot on this street. And um, uh, one lady comes out and asks what I was doing. And then they were super nice, and they said, oh, well, they, I know they shot in the backyard of this house. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like... And she goes, the lady there might not be too nice, but her son lives with her. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just ask. And I knocked on the door and I said, can I take some pictures of your backyard? He's like, I guess. And so um, I was taking pictures as they went into the backyard. So, you know, when Michael goes down the driveway past the house to the shed? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I literally have pictures of everything, not knowing that was even in the movie, just like I shot it. Oh, no way. Yeah. and That's so a win-win. Yeah. So if you look at my pictures, the rake, everything's in the same spot. They didn't. Nothing has moved. <laughs> they haven't touched it. Yeah, because and there's actually a, a pumpkin, something uh, right in the driveway as well. I, I, I took a picture of. It. I didn't steal it, but uh, it was uh, the best kind thing. too, yeah. where it's like untouched, and you're yeah. like, no, this. I know where I am. This is great. And then when I was at Julian's house taking pictures, uh, those people weren't home at the time, but the neighbor came out and said. Uh, they found a hanging dog over there, and they shot that. I'm like, okay, and I took pictures, and that didn't show up in the movie, but it showed up in the deleted scenes. And the hanging dog? Yeah. So uh, there's uh, in one of the deleted scenes, it's on the Blu-ray that um, Allison is jogging, and they, she comes across a hanging dog that everybody's kind of Michael hung a dog, and down the street you can see Michael Myers um, watching, you know, from uh, the van or something like that. No way. Yeah, I put the deleted scenes. I put all, I guess, I don't know if I, yeah, maybe I haven't posted those yet, but I think maybe I have. But uh, That's pretty cool. And now he was interesting because that neighbor said, they also shot on such and such street a few blocks away. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. And so I went down the street and I'm just like taking pictures. And, and Oh, I, yeah. Do they give you leads? Like, when yeah. you hear like, oh, over here is where this, because they know. Yeah, so, yeah. A couple of neighbors did. And so I, so it was a huge street and it was long and I'm like, I should I take pictures of every house? And some guy was on his porch. And I'm like, do you know where they shot Halloween? And he pointed to the house uh, three doors down. And that ended up being Judy Greer's house in the movie. Oh, no way. Which was the first shot that you see in, you saw in the trailer, one of the first shots. And so 
So I was taking pictures. I had no idea what I was taking pictures of because, you know, nothing had been released yet. So I was, I wanted to get the first scoop. No, that's awesome. You should do, you should do an entry and be like, oh, hey, here's one of the Avengers movies and just post a green screen and be like, yeah, that's yeah. it. I, I'm not I, using I've seen people do that or they post the ones and O's of a CGI. Of... Do they? Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was April Fool's Day or something. I, I sent are you ever going to do something similar? No, that's funny. Because it's like, oh, no, it's just a green screen. Are you uh, ever going to do Stranger Things Season 3, The Mall? I am not. So I did Stranger Things Season 1. So I'm the first person that found, what's the main kid's house? I can't remember. The White House with the black shutters. Mike's house? Yeah. So Yeah, yeah, you did 1 and 2. Yeah, so no, at that time, I went out like a week after, no, probably two weeks after the series premiered. Um, and so nobody else had been to Mike's house because nothing was published. Nobody had found it at the time. And how I found it is I actually followed the huge electricity poles, those big towers. Oh, that's genius. Uh, yeah, because I was like, I knew it was next to a field and I, you could see that in the background. And so I literally just followed along until I could found wow. a cul-de-sac. You You'd know, be a good stalker. Yeah. And so I remember that house I pulled up and I know I was the first one because, uh, Seconds after I pulled up the house, a car pulled up behind me and into the driveway and parked. Oh, no. like, you know, I thought I was going to just take pictures and go. And he's like, what are you doing? And I and I pulled my Nebraska card. He actually made me show me his uh, show him my license. What? He's like, are you really? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, he's like, oh, OK. And he's and he says, is it OK to take some pictures? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, how'd you find the house? Because it's not published. And I explained to him and and he's like, OK. And and let me take my pictures and um I, I didn't want to be in his way either and and so yeah i kind of played it by ear that one i didn't ask to go in the backyard i'll just you know take was it. he cool about it once you were like um from nebraska i'm here to take pictures or was he still kind of like watching he you was still a little like uh and now since then there's signs you know no no trespassing and, and so forth but yeah nobody else had found that at the time so yeah so the first stranger things i went you're the first one to find that house then which one the Wheeler house. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else had found it. Like, so if you if you go to my page, I'm mean, like literally, it's like just. A I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's cool um, that you were the first one to get that. And really, after you've published that, unless somebody does like the backyard or something, there's not much you can do because you got it. That it. Yeah, that's once, it. Yeah. Once it's there, out there, it's out there. I've had one lady ask me not to publish the address, and then I actually took the time to Photoshop the numbers off the house. <laughs> I still wanted to publish oh, it. Oh, nice. But I was yeah. like, you know, if they really are adamant about not publishing the dress, I'm like, fair enough. What was it, Stranger Things? Something in Stranger Things? No, this was actually the Goldbergs pilot episode house. that They, only oh. <laughs> don't, they didn't want to do it? Yeah, don't ask me why. And I think that was actually an Encino or Tarzana as well. But um, that, that comes with the territory, especially in Los Angeles. You're going to show your house on a film or TV show. There's people that are going to show up and take pictures. Yeah. Like that's part of what you're getting paid for. They're they're gonna that's like don't don't let them use it if if you don't want that to happen because that's yeah. gonna happen. And granted, they don't know what show's gonna hit. You know, right? You know, what's what's gonna be what, what's gonna end today? Everybody, I know the Bird Box House. I, I've heard those people are super nice. I've been to that house. Oh, that's cool. They let a lot of people walk on the porch and with blindfold on and everything. Um, but yeah, yeah. The reason I asked about Stranger Things is I was curious. The third season, I know they used an abandoned mall, but it was all a set built out that they took down. I think for that reason alone, they didn't want 
like tons of people coming there. Yeah. So it's just like an abandoned mall or an unused mall or something. But um, a lot of that, I think all of it is in Georgia anyway. Yeah, pretty much everything. Yeah, I went to a lot of different towns in, around Georgia to, to the original Stranger Things. And I think I was down there right before season two was going to come out. So I didn't know about, I, I went to the video arcade, or whatever it was. And it was still set up kind of like a video arcade. But um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. I, I did see that. That's pretty cool. But that's all I knew about at the time of the visit. So, um, what, oh, Halloween two, Rob Zombie's Halloween two, the the film, the Halloween sequels that should not be named, uh, was shot. Down. Yes. What do you make of those sequels? I. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. Not, well, not... let's start with the, the first one. What do you make of Rob Zombie's Halloween as a standalone film? I just it's one of those things. The same thing. I almost it when you're it's talking about Jason Takes Manhattan, it reminds me of the same thing about. You're you're into about fifteen minutes going. This isn't, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> I think I agree with you. I think with the Rob Zombie remakes, reimaginings, and a lot of them, they need to use the Jurassic Park method, and that is, just because. Don't be so worried about if you could. You should stop and think if you should. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, you should have made this. Uh, a lot of them, you're just like, how did this get greenlit? Because if it wasn't Rob Zombie, it would never be made. It was, yeah. it was he had his name attached. He did House of a Thousand Corpses, and th- that was like a passion project for him. I could be wrong, but it's more of like, yeah, we're doing Halloween. Let's do it. And then they did it again with um, the guy from Eastbound and Down, Danny McBride. And you're like, who, who's green lighting this? And I read an interview where he actually went to John Carpenter and like got permission. And it's like, oh, that's just a cash grab, man, because that was terrible. You didn't like Halloween 2018? No. No. Were you a big fan? Uh, not a huge fan. I mean, I still, like, I appreciate it more than the thing. There's some things I'm like, I still can't quite forgive them for. Um, but I appreciate the fresh take on it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I just wanted more. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see with Halloween Kills or and Halloween Ends. With what are those? The next sequels. Oh, no. We're still yeah, going? Yeah. yeah. So Halloween Kills is still supposed to come out this fall um with but, with jamie lee curtis yeah but she's going to be i have a feeling she's going to be barely in it i think this is going to be kind of a, either a halloween 2 uh type thing where she probably has 12 lines um, oh yeah at the hospital. i love halloween but too tommy doyle Lindsay wallace kyle richards will be back um okay marion there's, there's some hopes uh, nurse marion will be back so there's there's enough that you know i appreciate it and then um but i did like I don't know, and granted, I saw the new Halloween, I think it was about a week before it came out. They had the 40th uh, anniversary convention, so I was able to see it with, oh, cool. with fans. And that movie is made for the fans. So it's one, it's one thing when you're in a theater full of diehard Halloween fans, and they do you know, the yeah. shot of her looking out the school, and there's Lori standing there instead of Michael. You know, and, and the whole theater kind of giggles you know, because we get it. We get it. I, I met, um, and I say met loosely, I uh, passed by uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Beverly Hills not too long ago. I was going to my psychiatrist because my life's full of problems, of course. And I was like, hey, it, it, it's, it's Laurie Strode. Hey. <laughs> and she was like, oh, hi, hi. This is pre-pandemic. This is maybe January. Yeah. And uh, I had to go to this appointment, and I was like, uh, yeah, you're great. And, I, you know, she kind of walked on. I kind of walked yeah. on. 
I wish I said more, but I was like, hey, it's you, it's Laurie Strode, but I'm so happy I got that right, and I wasn't like, <laughs> like I, I was trying to come off like, hey, I'm a fan, I appreciate it, so I'm going to yeah. use a movie reference, but I, but in hindsight, I would have done something more creative or funny, but she gets it all the time, and I'm not going to stop and like harass her, but, uh, but it was really cool, and she looks great, I mean, she's an old woman, and, but she takes care of herself, like her skin looked great. Um, yeah, I met she's her got, a, She's got a lot of energy. Yeah, I met her at a book signing, and actually it worked out pretty well, because I was like, you know, she's my number one. You know, Laurie Strode is my she's the best favorite character, and and uh, and so at the book signing, she actually read the book. So we had like you had about half hour of her talking beforehand. So I, it could oh. I wasn't too jittery, you know. Yeah. But um, it's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I flew down cool? to Arizona for just for that. It was like a twenty-hour trip. Flew in, went to the book signing, flew out the next day, and it was done. Was she cool? I'm going to, um, before we go, I'm going to ask you a few questions of which film would you rather have? Um, you know, which film is better kind of thing. It's a little bit of a play of Nightmare on Elm Street versus Friday the 13th. And I want you to ask, answer honestly because you know more about, I would imagine, horror films than most people. And you've seen these sets firsthand. So. All right. Bring it up. What's, what is more ridiculous, the parakeet exploding in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? So I more than know what you're talking about. So <laughs> because during the summer, my, I share a house with my sister. And anytime it's above, uh, you know, 90, we literally are like, it's hot as an oven in here. That's <laughs> Mark Patton's signature line from that movie. It's hot. It's hot as what? It's hot as an oven in here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I had him sign that, too, because I'm like, that. I said, just so you know, we, if your ears are burning all the time during the summer, that's why. That, it's hot as an oven in here. You need to use that more often. I, I use it quite a bit. So. Okay, so what's more ridiculous? Right, so par- the parakeet versus... versus the extended 15-minute fight sequence of Mrs. Voorhees and the chick, what's her name, in Friday the Alice. 13th. One. Uh, definitely go with the parakeet exploding. I mean, okay, the... good answer. I would say the same thing. Uh, when I first saw that movie, I was it was a summer. It may have been like ten. It was on some channel called Prism, which was like our mm. HBO in Pennsylvania or locally or something. And I remember thinking that was the only thing I took away from that movie was why did the parakeet blow up? And then they were like, oh, it was gas or something. But why did that parakeet <laughs> blow up? Because I have parakeets and I love them. What the fuck was going on there? The reason it's ridiculous, it makes no sense in the, the Freddy knowledge base of like how this even happens as well. So, so a little bit of trivia. So that okay. house, as you might have known, was actually used in the Halloween TV extended scenes. The Nightmare on Elm Street house. It was used in the Holly, Halloween... So when they Halloween 2 was coming on TV, I mean Halloween 1 was coming on TV, they needed yeah. it. They padded out a little bit. So John Carpenter shot two or three scenes. So if you remember, uh, Jamie has a towel on her head and PJ Souls comes over and, and she goes, I think that guy's still following her. And, and yeah, on to Annie. So that's the actual interior of the real Nightmare on Elm Street house. Oh, no way. Yep. I know that scene. So, yeah, if you look carefully, you can see the door above, you know, uh, that's all. Yeah, that, that's that's what the actual Elm Street house really looks like. That's pretty cool. Now, speaking we... of that door, you may not know. So I actually have the upper half of the door from the original Nightmare on Elm Street. What do you mean you have it? 
Uh, it was on eBay years ago, 15 years ago. No shit, you mean physically? Physically have it, yep. So it's what? in my house. And where is this posted? I need to see. Where the mom is pulled through at the end. Uh, oh, no, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I just... Uh... You got it. Where the the door was the door was blue in the first one. The sequels it was all red, except for New Nightmare. They made it blue again. Right. No, you have that. That's amazing. That's a piece of movie history there. So yeah, that's one other thing. I do collect movie props and wardrobe as well. That probably was kind of pricey, I would imagine. Uh, What what's what's your guess on how much it costs? Mm, Three thousand. I looked it up. So with shipping, I don't know how much it was. So I think it was like four hundred dollars. You got it for four hundred? Yes. Oh, I figured they could get good for you. I figured well, they could yeah, get yeah. more than that. Yeah, I I think shipping was just as much as the door itself. So and I remember he oh, had what? some other stuff at the time, like it was I, that was like stuff in the bathroom cabinet or something. And so I had him send pictures beforehand because I'm like I just want to make sure this is the real deal. And like literally every little nook and scratch mat was screen matched you know i mean it is the door yeah wow you got it do you do you repurpose it and use it as like an everyday door and you're like hey see this and you're like no you should probably put that in something so for the longest time for most of the time that i've had it up until last year it's just sat in my closet because people are like oh what do you do with it i'm like oh it's just sitting in my closet and then um and i always thought about bringing it to get it signed or something too but you wouldn't bring it on a plane i wouldn't trust to ship it you know because no actual um but heather langenkamp was down in kansas city at a horror movie convention last year and so i thought oh that's a couple hours away i'll bring the door down and um so there's a picture of me i mean no she, she did, i did have her sign the door at the back she actually did an elm street three quote though because in elm street three she says it's a door and so oh yeah she did she the quote yeah, yeah, she signed that on the back, and then I have a picture of me and Nancy and the door that she hasn't seen since 1980. No way. That's what you want. That's cool. Yeah. What's more ridiculous, the cop in Freddy vs. Jason in the beginning, you know what I'm talking about, that guy? Like, you kids need any assistance? Oh, gotcha. The guy from <laughs> Clueless and Night at the Roxbury? I love that guy. Yeah. Okay, him? I love him, too. If I were a cop, that would be me. You guys need some assistance? <laughs> What's more ridiculous, that character or the character of Shelley in Friday the 13th Part 3, the fat, lovable guy who actually was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire like a few years later oh, as a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, he, like, that was like his last movie or something, but he didn't have a long career, but then he became like an agent or something. But what, what character's a little more ridiculous? Oh, gosh. I know they're not Nightmare on Elm Street. That's not a true film yeah. in the sense, but but I have but it was a good comparison. That's I had to. So. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I see either as ridiculous, but actually, I would side go with the ridiculous cop. Pretty funny though. Yeah. No. It was the but, comic I, that's, right. that's the thing I like. And if I'm just talking about character, not kind of people. No, no, just character. I'm just yeah, talking just about character, character, not people. I would go with the cop. Um, the, the reason I like that cop so much is because they just went through this gruesome scene where the guy gets split in half by a mattress, a bed frame. Kids are running. Someone's killing him. And this cop shows up and he just says, you kids need some assistance? Like, he's just trying to play it by the book. And he ended up being a good hero in that movie. Yeah. Uh, but and actually, I remember because I thought it was a pretty brutal killing. You know, I was it was like, ruthless. Oh, this is a good, you know, same thing where you're going to start off high and. Uh, or somewhat high, I guess. I still wish they would have obviously brought back the real Mrs. Voorhees, but... That was ruthless. Um, 
what would you not rather have happen to you? The scene in Nightmare on Elm Street, oh, I think it's four. The sand eats the girl. Okay. You don't, is that four? That's four, yep. Yes, I'm right. Okay. Four, sand eats the girl. Were Tommy Jarvis's freak shots and scare tactics of those crazy masks. <laughs> What's a better scene? You know uh, what I'm talking uh, about? Because those masks yeah. are scary. So, Even for uh, 1980. When was that made? 1984? Uh, uh, so Dream Master was 88, I think. 88 or 89, I think. Right. Um, oh, I mean, Friday the 3rd. I mean, uh, yeah, Friday the 13th, 4. Was that oh, 80? That was 84. April 13th, 1984. I will so, not forget that day. So, so the, oh, you know. So there you go. The masks that he has as a kid are very scary and animatronic, even for, like, today's standards. Yeah. And I thought it was very well done. I mean, they scare you. What do you think was a better done scene? Uh, The guy, the stranger coming back, and they see all the masks, he's moving them, or the chick getting eaten by the beach, which is pretty fucked up. I, yeah, I I would go, to me, the worst worst of the scenes was was Kirsten getting eaten up in the sand. Oh. That... I think because by the time we got to the dream master, I'm like, I'm like, oh, something's not the same for me. So a little bit of trivia. The dream master, the school in that one is the same as Rydell High in the original Greece. Really? See, this is why I like doing these trivia things with you. You have all these like these nuggets, these gems. And the Elm Street 2 school is the same as Credicut School. Yes, it is. I did know that because of your site. It's in Woodland Hills. Yep. I work right by there. I'm going to have to do it like a trip. Because they're yep. closed now. All the schools are closed. I could go there and like film something. <laughs> well, that's, that's the other, when you're talking about kids, I mean, that's the thing. When I go to schools or whatever, I must always have to do it on weekends because I'm like, one, you don't want to be, look like the creepy guy taking, I can always pick slate faces, but you know, yeah. you just shouldn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Well, that's a good thing now. Like everything's closed. Yeah. Just drive up there. Check it out. Uh, the schools in Woodland Hills and from your photos, by the way, it hasn't changed like a lot since like it typical has, LA schools, they don't upgrade them. There's no money here. So they're like the same things as the same thing, 60s. Yeah. And I think Paul got inside that school. Um, Cause I think he went to the locker room from Elm street too. And they still have uh, a prop up uh, on the wall. I'll have to go back and look at that. In the school. Yeah. I think because if I remember, if I remember his photo right, that because it still has Grady, Rob Rustler's name, and on on the the thing like of a athletic winners or or something like that. So, oh, you've been there more than once, though. I think I've been there a couple times. I haven't been inside. Like I said, I try to save my indoor stuff for the stuff I really, you know, like oh, I really want to see the inside of such and such, but. But yeah, sometimes what, I just go for the exteriors. What would you say, in your educated guess, is more ridiculous? Freddy having a child in the final nightmare. Okay. And the dream child? Uh, don't they find out in the final nightmare that he has a in kid or something? Nightmare? Oh, Freddy's dead. Sorry. Freddy's dead? Yeah. They did find out he had a kid, right? Yes. Seen it once, probably won't see it again. Actually, I will because of you. I'm going to rewatch it, but that's about it. What's more ridiculous, Freddie having the child 
or Friday the 13th 5, A New Beginning. Greatest boobs in that movie, too, by the way. So I will definitely land that Freddy's Dead will yeah. be the loser. That Now, granted, so that locate, you know when he gets kicked out of the dream and wakes up on that street? So that's also Franklin Canyon Reservoir, kind of just down the street from Fright. It's almost the same street where the, in Friday the 13th, the final chapter, where they see the hitchhiker. Yes, the the hippie chick that yep. eats a banana and gets yep. bald. Trying, trying to go to Canada. Oh, uh, that's the same thing. Yeah, so that that's the kind of same street. The more you go down that street, it's kind of uh, it becomes more wooded, and then um, I haven't found the exact spot, but you can kind of tell where it is, kind of by the curbs. Um, I that, do. I did see your photos of that, and I'm glad that chick got mauled, and I'll tell you why. Okay. She was well. so out of place. She's like this hippie in a weird, secluded spot of the woods. Asking for trouble. You know what I mean? Like, what is she doing there? She's trying to get to Canada. Yeah, but what is, what is she hitchhiking? I figured I'd move towards, towards a freeway or something. Yeah. But it's and interesting. She, should, she thought Jason was dead. They, they didn't know. They didn't know. And they, were, they had this great computer in the car from that guy. Oh, yeah. I remember at the first I remember the first time I saw that when I was... You know, I remember... So I was scared to death to see that in the theater. And oh, you I saw it in the theater? The op- after the opening credits, I must have had my hands over my eyes because I only saw the credits that showed up at the bottom. So you know the Friday night credits, they flash at different parts of the screen. Sure do. So I only remember the credits. I remember seeing somebody, you know, Camille and Carrie Moore as Tina and Terry, and I'm like, oh, there's twins. You know? Oh, yeah. That scared me to death. But that you also saw that at the theater. That's, that's pretty cool. We snuck in. I think I was... Th- I think just turned 14, and... and and I had never seen a horror movie in the theater before. And we bought tickets to Rick Springfield's Hard to Hold, where our false movie tickets that we Classic. Yeah. And uh, went into that movie instead. And um, I just remember com- coming back to junior high on that Monday, because I think I was the only one that, was, that saw it, you know, telling all the stories of, of, of what it was like to see a Friday the 13th on the big screen. That's pretty cool. That was one of those things of mine as a kid where I was like, oh, we've got to see it. Like, I tried to do it with Manhattan. Because uh, I only had a limited time. I'm, I'm, I was born in 81, so when they were like in their peak, I was just a kid. But when I got to like 8, 9, 10, uh, they did like, you know, Takes Manhattan. And then some of the later Freddies, and I was like, oh, it would be the coolest thing to get in there. And I never well, did. I, my first Freddy movie was Dream Warriors. And, uh, because the third I, one. Know, I probably watched the VHS tape of 1 and 2 to oh, yeah. death. And oh. then I just remember... Seeing the Elm Street house on the big screen, you know, that's one of the first shots. I was just like, I couldn't believe it. And uh, and it, it's weird I, that, you know, I've been to that house as other fans, you know, hundreds of times now, I think. Because out of tradition, I stop by those houses and the Halloween houses, no matter what. Just That's pretty quick. cool. Yeah. You have to. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah, it's there. you got to do I, it. I just downloaded recently the um, Friday the 13th N Nightmare on Elm Street Nintendo games for my classic. Oh, <laughs> Very frustrating. Have you played that? Did you ever play Nintendo? Um, no, I think because I kind of aged. I was You're like not missing anything with it, this. Yeah. So the Friday the 13th video game, I had this as a kid. And it's as for a child's game or for a platform for kids. Um, it starts off with the knife going through the mask and blood. So it's kind of already uh, graphic. Nice. And then you die very quickly in the game because it's considered one of the hardest games ever and one of the worst. But... <laughs> But it's scary because you're 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 one of the counselors, and you go from you look at this map that's very difficult to navigate, and then there's zombies in there because we all remember the zombies from Friday the Thirteenth, oh, yeah. and then you go and what's that? 
Of course. Is this the one with the mother's head, too? Uh, in the video game? Yeah. Uh, I might not. The mother does come out of the lake. I don't. I never got that far, probably. But you always die, because Jason comes out of nowhere in a purple jumpsuit and kills you. And then when you die, it says all the children are dead. Game <laughs> over. And I go. used to rent that game as a kid, and I was like, oh, "This is terrible. This is so scary." So I downloaded them, and um, they're fun because now you can like YouTube how to beat the games and like cheat. So I'm getting really far in it, but it's so frustrating. Um. So I was just curious if you ever saw those. And then Friday the third or Nightmare on Elm Street, you're basically um just a character like walking through and then there's like bats coming at you. There's all kinds of shit. Um it's like this it's basically a carbon copy of Jason, but gotcha. same graphics, but they're terrible. Uh I feel but like yeah, they the had thing some was, other game ready to go and they just transplanted the movie. Pretty much. Yeah, they're like, yeah, just throw this. That's what it was. It was like Super Mario Brothers 2. They just slapped on like a label. Uh, but Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, we, uh, my buddy John, who was another host of the show, we watched, that was the one we watched the most. And because of, first of all, the boobs and the it's showtime scene in the diner. Because she was 80s she hot. Yeah. She had the most. But also because, uh, I, what, do you, what do you think about that movie as a whole? Because I always thought it was cool, because it wasn't really Jason, but there was... Uh, there was really like the death scenes were, I think, superior than the other ones. They were they were pretty gruesome for the time. So that one I I, I also vividly remember because it I saw it on my my fifteenth birthday because um, it came Good out present. March twenty second nineteen eighty five and we saw it on Saturday the twenty third and oh. um, and so you know at the time you know the most you had I remember Fangoria had a five sentence, sentence blip, you know, months beforehand, you didn't know what was going to be happening in the movie. You know, you, you don't have, you don't have like we do now where, you know, screenshots and interviews kind of leading up to the movie. The movie just came out 11 months after the last one. So we didn't know if it was Jason or not. And um, I, it's, I still appreciate it because to me, that's when the Friday films were still pretty kind of dark. In six, they kind of obviously started doing the horror comedy hybrid yeah, kind of a, uh, a pretty kind of shiny movie and so forth. So I appreciated Part Five because it was still True. in that dark, take it super serious era, and it still has some iconic images of the barn. There's no better rain scenes than Part Five. Oh yeah, yeah, they 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 get you. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, but uh, and it works. Yeah, and it's still. I remember we were still shocked because when uh, Tommy shows up at the end, we thought, well, maybe it was been Tommy. You know, I was young and dumb and didn't had not figured it out. Now you look at it and like they, they tell you more or less three times it's the ambulance driver, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that it. either. <laughs> I no, I didn't. When I was watching that as like a kid, as an early teen, like 12, I didn't get that either. And you watch it again. I, I watched them all again recently because they're all streaming on like Hulu or something, but I saw them all and I was like, all right, this is, this is the next two days. Um, and I, and then I was like, Oh yeah, that was this. And it's cool to kind of to rewatch those and like pick up things you didn't, get the as a kid you know there's not a lot it's no. they're pretty straightforward but but there are those like little gems um but it's true though like yeah after five once they get into like six and seven they started touching more on like the paranormal uh you know telekinesis kind of stuff uh where one through five were more like straight straightforward and they kind of do that with halloween as well and, you know michael myers was just a man mm-hmm. up until like four and five and then and then they're like okay he's supernatural he's coming back they still what have some basis reality. 
Right. What do you make of that of that timeline of Halloween one through four? So yeah, I know that I I do like the choose your own adventure for Halloween too. You know, you you pick what works best for you. Um, yeah. And Halloween two, I mean, it worked. I mean, same thing with Elm Street one and two. That's all we had for a long time. You know, if you just mm-hmm. watch those tapes to death and the bad pan and scan uh, versions that we've had. Um, so for Halloween four is the first movie Halloween I saw in the theater, and I was That's just excited. Cool. Yeah, to you know that Halloween theme starts belting out. Um, I was just like really excited, and I thought they did a good job. It's now I look back, and some of it hasn't uh, worn too well over the years. Halloween five, I was in college by that point, and I think I was drunk at the, the movie theater, and that probably helped the movie. I don't know. Uh, it made it more enjoyable. Yeah, Halloween six, I probably I went with low expectations. I really liked that. I actually liked the theatrical cut, and 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 I kind of liked what they were doing with it, and then. Um, and I remember, I remember reading Fangoria um, that Jamie Lee was coming back, of course, and then um, I just forgot her name. The, the lady that plays uh, Marion, uh, the nurse, was coming back as well. And I thought, oh, this is this is going to be good. And then um, same thing. I didn't know too much about the movie until you saw it in the theater. And I just when they started with Mr. Sandman playing, I thought, oh, they're going to be treating this right. And and for the most part, they did. They did. I th- I think so too. They they hit the right cues that they needed to, and they distanced themselves with the right amount of respect without, I think, yeah. becoming it's... ridiculous. I still think three is the scariest season of the witch. It's yeah. like kids and it's ah uh, the Shamrock Corporation or whatever. You're like, nah, this is this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. So at the 40th anniversary Halloween convention, so um, so. You know Sean Clark that does the Horace Holograms. So um, he and I and then two others, we did a whole day tour of Halloween locations. And then um, that night or a couple nights later, um, uh, they hosted a uh, at the, the bar uh, where Tom Atkins is drinking near the beginning of Halloween 3. is right in Sierra Madre as well. And so Yeah, I saw uh, you posted that. That's pretty sweet that you got to check that out. Yeah, so what would happen is, like, Sean was at the bar, and they had, I think, two or three, I think two groups, and so um, so I would get group one on the bus, and we do a walking tour of Sierra Madre at night, you know, where they shot Halloween 2, Halloween 3, The Fog, and 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 then I'd bring them back to, you know, to have a beer with Tom Atkins, and then in the meantime, I'd go back on the bus and then go back and get group two, do the same thing, and then take those people back and forth. So it was a, it was a fun night. But that, that's a really fun night. That's actually it, a pretty awesome. I think it was a Sunday night, and so I think Sierra Madre was completely dead, and it was great for getting night photos because there was just nobody around, and you could get those actual Halloween two shots of uh, Michael Myers bumping into boombox guy, boombox guy, and everything. Still, my favorite scene: the, the pacing in that scene and the music, where when he hits the boom box and you hear the, <laughs> and then they do the, uh, the piano riff. Yeah. And then when it, the, the piano riff, when it starts to like kick into the second crescendo, they show the cop car and you're like, all the shit's going on around him, but he's just like walking through yeah. it. I, that's still a great scene. Um, I think John Carpenter directed that scene. If I remember right. Did he? I think it was, yeah, some pickup shots. It um, makes sense. Yeah. It's very well done. I think that's the best scene in the movie as far as like cinematography goes for like a true film nerd. It's uh, the pacing is it's because it's a tracking shot, uh, one shot, and there's all this going around him, and so, it's scored perfectly. 
Hundred percent agree. That alley, right? That there's an alley kind of behind that little shopping area, and that's where Alice's house was in Halloween Two. So after he steals, oh Mr. no way! Oh, after he sees Mrs. Elrod's knife, he walks over to the next next house and kills that girl. So that house is right behind uh, that shopping area, and then that shopping area is also used in Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. I just posted about Psycho Three. You know? Where, yeah, I um, saw. Yeah, Jake, but he goes to the the bar. That's and of Anthony Perkins' finest role. Yeah, I saw that. That's cool. I didn't know that was the same location. Yep, all the, all the same street. Return of the Living Dead Part 2 was shot on that street. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Was it? Yeah, so uh, near the beginning where the trucks are going through, and then near the end, you know where there's the pet shop going crazy, and there's yeah. a car crash. So that, that auto dealer is kind of um, right up the street between between the shopping court and where the, the fog church is. Um, that, that all took place right there. Oh, that's pretty cool. I do like you posted about They Live recently. Oh, yeah. Classic. I think I was the first one to figure out the... Because I think uh, Adam the Woo went right after I did uh, the fight scene, the alley, uh, where they have the extended fight scene. Yeah, I haven't seen that before. Or I haven't seen that before. And then also find Meg Foster's uh, house. It was a little tricky to find, but I was able to find that. Yeah, where is that? Because I'm pretty sure I passed that house somewhere. It's, it's up in the some... hills, and I can't remember. What, I have the address, I think, on, on the website. I, I probably haven't, but a lot of those houses look the same up there. They look like that with the driveway and the one yeah. floor and the jutting off. And yeah. I've, I've been all over those canyon roads, like avoiding traffic. So, But I looked at that, and it did ring a bell. I'm like, I, I might have been on the street. Um, oh. But the what, what I like about – you're jogging my memory of the filming locations – and you're like, oh, this house is right here. It's by there. If you are familiar with an area and you look at the characters, like where they're going, and if you know the geography, sometimes it could be so ridiculous because it works for the film. <laughs> yeah. But like if you the, the perfect example I'll give to the listeners is is Rocky, the the running montage, uh, the training montage of, you mm-hmm. know, gonna fly now. If you're familiar with the city of Philadelphia, which is I am, that jog he took from South Street to the Italian market, to the Schuylkill River, to the art museum. You're talking like 15 miles round trip. So he was doing quite a run. Quite. Um, and it's funny when you piece them together. And you, It also happened in Castaway. In the early part of the film, they're in Moscow, and they show the kid delivering the FedEx packages in front of all these buildings. But it was like something like 150 square miles that kid was running through to get there. <laughs> uh, and you don't know that, and it works yeah. for the movie. Obviously, and you know, it makes for good cinema, but it is funny though when you look at locations and you're like, that's not, no. They do that in LA a lot. Downtown LA stands in for New York in a lot of movies because it's just cheap to film in downtown than on location in New York. So you see in like Transformers and stuff like that, they're like, oh, it's New York. And you're like, no, no, that's like Skid Row in downtown. There's a palm tree in the back. Downtown's getting harder to uh, to shoot, especially the like one the the art district keeps getting redone. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of great buildings have now been torn down and put you know different things have been put up, which I know is also kind of for the better you know of that area. But a lot of yeah, stuff it's getting tough. Gone. And nobody really even films in LA anymore. It's all in Canada or Georgia. I mean, unless you're like a studio or a TV show, a lot of films are done. You know, out of lo- on location somewhere else, just because it's so expensive here. Yeah, it's it's too much trouble. 
it's too much trouble. My favorite time to go to downtown LA, and actually they skipped it this year because of COVID, is um, they have a marathon that kind of runs through the uh, the downtown area. Mm-hmm. So literally every block is, downtown is completely deserted. And so it's like a ghost town. So if you see some of my downtown pictures, uh, you'll, you'll notice I intentionally pick those mornings because there's not a soul in sight. No cars are let through or anything. So it's the perfect time just to wander around and Oh, that's pretty cool. All right, my friend, we've been going strong for almost two hours. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to wrap this up here. I want to say thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. So this has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Is there anything you wanted to to plug or talk about before we before we go? No. um, So like you said, my website is set dash jetter dot com. So um, I kind of get the actual acronym. So um, but yeah, so follow me there. I also I take requests. Um, I, I get uh, every once in a while, and from my fellow peers too. Whether they'll send me one shot, you know, that shows up in you know two seconds of a film, and and I go down that rabbit hole and, and try to find it. And for the most part, I have pretty good luck. But um, I, I like those. I like the chase. I like that you you give that as an option too, because I do see that on your website. Um, you're able to like submit a request, which which reinforces your point that it's you know for the fans and your love of doing this, which is really cool. Absolutely. And you do have a great website, and I think you do great work. And I'm, I'm a fan myself. And, uh, yeah, just keep doing it, man. And everything you're doing is great. It really okay. is. Um, yeah, so go to set, uh, set-jetter.com. And also check it out on Instagram. Uh, the last thing I'll say is you're very consistent with all of your work. A lot of websites, they'll like, post something cool, and then it's dead for, like, years. Well, And you're, you're like, every day you're doing something. The re- reason is because of COVID, more or less, that I, I'm working all the time uh, for, with my regular job. Uh, but I kind of realized my evenings, I don't have any evening events. I'm not going to the movies. Um, I'm like, well, this is the time to catch up on my, I have a backlog of, you know, 200 movies that I haven't published yet. Oh, my gosh. I haven't published. So that, that's why you're seeing a lot of these uh, starting to come through now. So I'm like, now's the time. I need to get those photos out there. Any, any horror movies being posted new in the next month or so? Um, I'll have to check my checklist. Um, so right now, um, it's funny because right, right now I'm kind of going by anniversaries, you know, and so summer's hitting. Oh. And so there's three movies today that uh, had their premieres to, or uh, wide release today. And so as summer, it's going to be like that. October is ridiculous because that's when they release all the horror movies. And so true, that will be uh, kind of a lot. But I don't know. Is there one that you need me to do? What's, what's I, like on to your... see, I like to see Jaws. Okay. I've not been to Martha's Vineyard yet, so... It's a perfect time for you to go. Well, actually, it's a terrible time to go. I wouldn't yeah, recommend exactly. going anywhere. Um, Jaws just had its 45th anniversary. Uh, you, are you a fan of Jaws? Oh, yeah. I'm a huge and, fan. I have a huge poster of Jaws right in front of me right now. I'm a, I'm a diehard. And I'm, I'm still a fan of Jaws 3D. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I, love it. I like Jaws 3D better than Jaws 2. It's fun. You're at SeaWorld. It's it's scary. Jaws 2, you got Roy Scheider, but that's about it. The, that's the about sharks it. don't make noises. They don't have vocal cords. <laughs> and the shark's screaming at the end, and you're like, come on, man. <laughs> at least, I mean, even if you're not like a shark guy, like, come on, sharks don't scream. Well, Jaws the Revenge is usually the bottom of the barrel. for. Never saw it. Uh, oh. I, 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 it's not that I refuse to watch it. I was just never in a situation where it's been on, and I'm, I haven't sought it out. It's one of those weird movies where I'm like, everyone tells me, like, it's just so bad. Like, they, the shark follows them to the Bahamas. Like, you just have to watch it. And I'm like, 
yeah, I just maybe someday. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It it is. It's just like it's bland. Bad is the thing. You know, there, there's bad bad where you just kind of enjoy it. This is kind of a bland bad where there's nothing to even kind of. Uh, really, it's not. It's just a lot of reflection. God, and it's like, just, yeah, it, it's not. Uh, it's not enjoyable bad. Uh, they have a couple of good scenes, you know, the banana boat scene and so forth. But, that's the one you always hear. I think I actually yeah. watched that on YouTube. That was like the only thing I saw. Yeah. And that was kind that's of fun good. because there's like, oh, this is what Jaws should be like. And the same thing, kind of like you Jaws 3 kind of hinted at, you know, like at this point, you know, you get past, you know, the sequelitis. You want kind of the mayhem and, you know, yeah, let's have Jaws attack amusement park. Or let's have Jaws attack, you know, people in the Bahamas. And it just never quite gets to that point. Let's have okay. Jason go to Manhattan. Right. It's the same thing. <laughs> uh, real quick before you go, I got to ask you, since you, you, you're a Jaws fan, um, I need your perspective on this. The only scene that really bothers me in Jaws is, you know, the scene where um, Mrs. Kittner smacks Chief Brody? Yep. That's, that's, that's Alex Kittner's mother, right? Yes, correct. And that's his father, I would presume, behind her? Uh, I don't know if they state that. I know they she don't. passed away. She did. Yeah, yeah. she passed away. She, a little old to be a mother, though, don't you think? Even for 70s where, like, you know, women looked older. Like, they could be 18 and look like they're sure. 30. I, I felt like that was cast kind of poor. She did, she's a good actress. I'm not knocking her. And, and it, it's good for the film. But I always, to this day, I always felt like she she looks like a, more like a grandmother. Like, that's the mother. She looks 60 in that movie. And the kid was, like, 10. Did that okay. ever strike you? Well... Or not, am I just an asshole? Not for Jaws, but now that you mention that, one of my big gripes in Halloween 2018 is the kid that gets killed. Mm-hmm. His dad is more grandpa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, grandpa. why? Like, yes. How old? Uh, I don't, <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, you're right. It's and more of course, I thought, well, maybe I'm getting it wrong, but he's like, no, he calls him dad. And I'm thinking, who? I, I don't know. I thought that, too. I, when I watched that, I was like, I, I, I made a mental note of that. I was like, eh, dad? Really? Yeah, I think if if you're gonna if that's the best cast, fine. You could just switch it to Grandpa. I need, that's all you need to do. You know. I don't understand. I can't knock it all for anything. Laurie Strode is supposed to be uh, uh, what fifty-seven. Yeah. Uh, in this movie, you know, and she has a granddaughter. She's this badass kid's too. Younger than Allison Strode. You know, I don't know. True. Good point. One yeah, of those casting choices. That's, that's he did not age well. No, he didn't, did he? High school didn't really pan out for that guy afterwards. <laughs> Never got out of Haddonville. Ben Tramer. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, check out set-jetter.com. Uh, I want to thank you so much, Robert, for being on the show. And please come back again. There's a lot. Uh, I feel like we could do this more often. Absolutely. It's great to see you. All right. Check him out and tweet us at the underscore podcastle and check out all the shows free on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Roku, and YouTube. Thank you, and good night, everybody.